Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Hey. And we are here for episode 149 of the Welcome to Horror podcast. Ooh. Oh, I know. Getting close. Getting old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> us, not the show. I didn't mean like it. Um, <laughs> so we're here for our uh, our what we've been watching episode that we now do every third episode. Uh, so without further ado, let's get stuck straight in. There will be spoilers. There will be swearing. Uh, I am drinking for one of the first times in the last uh, eight months because I forgot we were podcasting. I've only <laughs> had one beer, but I am the man who three weeks ago went to the pub and had to come home after four pints because he was smashed. Mm. So this could be <laughs> could, fun could or get embarrassing messy. or who knows, we'll see. Um, so Chris, what have you been watching? I'm going to come straight in with a hard hitting. It is it is ending. It's the second part of what I said last time. So that may give it away. Stranger Things, season four, volume two. And I loved it. Yes. Like, they just for me, they got it all right. It was so much fun. They enhanced the the horror aspect, as we kind of mentioned before. But when when they'd split it and I didn't realise that it was split into two volumes this series four is like oh are they going to manage to keep up with this final bit and yeah absolutely i just thought so good um it's got comedy it's got darkness it's got the right references all around great fun they just never seem to miss a step with it like everything they do you know all the new characters that they introduce you immediately they just fit in and they feel right it's yeah and when they have a dick they're you, you hate yeah, them you really, but like, yeah. they just do a fantastic job and, and i know you know people say oh you know it's written by algorithm or whatever because it's netflix but do you know what if it works and you get good stuff at the end of it i've got no problem yeah with that. no that's interesting i wonder I, I know that is said but i wonder just how much the algorithm does because it seems i think there's been a few misses lately like surprising mm. ones um, oh yeah i can't remember the what they were netflix but put out has been yeah. Not as good as some of the previous stuff. Isn't there that thing, though, with the algorithm that essentially it can only fold back on itself eventually? Yes. Yeah, so, a bit like Spotify daily playlist where bands you've yeah. never listened to, it suddenly thinks are one of your best bands because mm. they keep making you listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that might be where the miss is coming. Mm-hmm. Is if, 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 I mean, if indeed they are right into algorithms. I don't know. Um, obviously, obviously, I've not. I've not so seen I was going to say, yeah, Stranger Things. You've not um, seen one episode of it. I mean, I am. I am fully aware. I will <laughs> yeah. say, for any, any anyone who could even give remotest efforts of a shit, uh, for me, running up that hill will always be the show Running Scared, with Christopher Ellison from the Bill going going on about his bins, as in his <laughs> sunglasses that have been. Found by a young girl in a murder. It was bloody good that was. And sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other thing, the guy who plays Vecna. Mm. I've only seen it written down, so I'm assuming I'm pronouncing yep, it right. Yeah. Um, he was. He's been sort of doing the rounds, like interviews and stuff like that. And I've seen a couple of clips, and he does mention by name uh, Doug Bradley when he's talking about how he wanted to do the role. Um, and 
I you're going to have to fill me in there. Who's Doug Bradley? Uh, D- Doug Bradley is uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. Um, I follow him on Instagram, and he was just so chuffed. Oh, really? Oh, mm. bless him. Yeah, he really was. He was like, sort of like, you know, it's just like that. If, you know, he felt, he said it felt really sort of nice and respectful. And yeah, mm. he was just really. So, yeah, so kudos to Vecna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Fantastic. Um, Adam, what have you been watching? Uh, well, we had, we um, thought I'd mention it. We did have an email. I've, we, I've been meaning to mention it for a while from uh, Philip, who had a couple of suggestions for us. Uh, one of which was Threads, which he <laughs> put, he did yeah. he did say on there, but I think that might be a bit too bleak. Um, and he also suggested my next uh, my first film, which is Mad God on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, I don't know. Have either of you seen this? No. Right. It's um, it basically it's been it was made by Phil Tippett, who is the it's a, a stop motion film, predominantly like predominantly stop motion animated film about a, a sort of I don't know a descent into hell almost. Mm. Um, quite abstract, but like really amazingly done. Mm. Um, but um, Phil Tippett apparently has been making this for thirty years. Um, and like on and off, it's like his sort of pet project they've been doing. But he was the stop motion guy on the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, I think he did Force Awakens as well. Oh, it's because, um, yeah, he did the chess game. Mm. You know, the little monsters on yeah. the chessboard on the Millennium oh, Falcon. Yes. That's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for Empire Strikes Back, he did the Atats and the Tong Tongs, oh, and right. basically most of Hoth. So, mm-hmm. and he did Temple of Doom. He did RoboCop. He's he did Ed Two Hundred Nine for RoboCop. Amazing, you know, the, Love he's, that. He's, you know, Starship Troopers, Willow. Um, he some top stuff, yeah, yeah. And he became like uh, Spielberg and Lucas's go-to stop-motion guy, mm. and um. Yeah, apparently when he went to do Jurassic Park, uh, he'd like started doing stop motion dinosaurs and then they took him in and showed him the CGI ones. And he went, oh, right, okay, I suppose I'm out of the job then. Um, but mm. they uh, they sort of kept him on as an advisor for movement yeah, because okay. the guys had rendered the stuff really well, but they still needed someone to sort of, you know, get that aspect of it right. And um, yeah, and then he so ba- he basically then embraced CGI, so he can do stop motion, he can do CGI, and there's live action bits in there. Alex Cox, mm. the director Alex Cox, is in it for some weird reason. I don't know, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's just incredible. It's one of those things where the story behind it is is genuinely interesting you know is this passion project and then when you see it you're like holy fuck this is your passion project <laughs> you're walked mate this is <laughs> you, you know it's it's like yeah to have put the effort in and it's just it's astounding it really is i can't i i kind of can't describe it it's just you have to experience it but it's very sort of bit like uh Jan van Sanameka or Sanameka, I'm not sure what um 
yeah, sort of like his kind of stuff, like very um, surreal and, yeah. Anyway, that's as far as I can go with that because, as I say, I can't describe it. So I'm going to HP Lovecraft myself at this point <laughs> and describe it as indescribable but recommend it to watch. So Excellent. Mm. I'm just going to say Philip actually emailed us back in 2020 as well. I don't know if you remember. He gave us some did great suggestions then and we actually did watch some of them. Candyman we watched. But he also he had, he had a few Exorcist two and three, um, Carnival of Souls, Eyes Without a Face, Shivers, or even something like Ravenous, and well maybe some J horror. We did, we, we did, did. Yeah. yeah, maybe a horror comedy too, like Return of the Living Dead, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Love that film. Lee, Lee, is this is this either me or you? Yeah, doing <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like under a false pretending, email, yeah, because. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, this that's that's a fucking good list. Yeah. So, oh no, it must be me because you wouldn't suggest threads. So <laughs> yes. yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've still got a few more to uh, to get through. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead is one I've been thinking mm. of a lot. Um Yeah, again, I keep yeah. yeah, I keep thinking that needs to be bumped up the list as well. So um we'll definitely have to right. do that. We um, shall see. So, so what about yourself, Luke? So for mine, uh, mine is also a listener recommendation. So mm -hmm. it didn't make it. Unfortunately, the wheel did not select it on our spin. Um, but Leadbelt had asked us uh, as his suggestion to see Wild Zero. Mm. And it was the only movie in that list that I'd never even heard of. Uh, so yeah, I same. tracked it down after about two days uh, and managed to watch it. And what an absolutely fantastic i had to message him and say yeah thanks so much for letting me know about this it was wild it was so much fun it really was um this is the um uh what is it guitar wolf it's the band guitar wolf um yeah and basically a zombie outbreak happens <laughs> and there's a, a lead guy who's kind of he, he's he's a guitarist and he wants to be in a band and he's kind of super cool and it basically follows him, but he his story intersects the band Guitar Wolf, um, right. and they end up coming into it. But yeah, so it's a, a Japanese uh, zombie low budget movie mm. featuring a band quite heavily. Um, oh, and it, it it's primarily comedy over horror, but it's it it, it gets that balance really really well. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I just loved every minute of it it was such a good time so i'll definitely be going back to that film regularly i think because it's excellent it's one of those you know late night drunken i want something stupid and that's going to mm. make me laugh and put me in a good mood and just yeah and it, it's that all day long so yeah if you get a chance find wild zero um maybe maybe we need to go um well, you know, we, we, we're trying to sort of theme the months and mm. things like mm. that, you know, and so, and we know what we've got coming shortly and things like that. Yeah. Is there something to be said for a punk? We'll just do a punk month and do Return of the Living Dead and Wild Zero. Because mm. yes. I've Adam, not seen it. Adam, make a note of that and we will definitely yeah. be doing that because, yeah, I would love an excuse to rewatch this film mm. and we were just saying we need to do Return of the Living Dead and, yeah. Actually, they're perfect companion pieces, I'd say. So, yeah, that'd be a good month. Brilliant. Cool. 
Fantastic. Excellent. Limited. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Leadbelt, for letting us know about that. Chris, back to you, son. So, uh, my next one is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is not, not exactly horror, but it, yeah, it does have... close enough. Yeah, yeah. It's got... It's got everything in there. Everything. It's, it's um yeah, no, like it's it what was really surprising, it is kind of like non-stop craziness, and yet somehow you can follow it and enjoy it and it doesn't feel like an overload. Yeah. Like they just somehow achieved that. Um yeah, like it's like you know, surely you should be slowing down at some point, but it kind of just doesn't. Um and even the end when it's it's all you know, it starts to get nice i guess um instead of more chaotic and it's it but it's still done at sort of a high pace and it, yeah it was just fascinating how they could manage to sort of achieve that it's like such a skill of cinematography and storytelling um yeah i, I think i've got to watch it again <laughs> but I, I said the same we got to the end and i was like i'm watching that again yeah. I need to really take it all I... in because as you say it feels nicely paced it doesn't feel rushed but when you get to the end you go shit a lot, a lot happened in yeah. <laughs> yeah i think um i've i've yet to see it and it is mm, but yeah well, so i was trying i was trying to be a little bit i wasn't quite yeah, sure no, thank you appreciate that but um i'll definitely i'll definitely have to watch it in the week but mm. it's um yeah because obviously i get the gist of it being someone traversing the multiverse yeah, in, in a way, or experiencing the multiverse, and yeah, if they've managed to do that sort of coherently, then yeah, that is a that is a real achievement because it usually it, there are a lot of things that pretend to put a lot more thought into that mm. that fuck it up really badly. Mm. So you know, it's sort of <laughs> yeah. So I I was to say I knew I was onto a winner with it when. Uh, I think three people whose opinions mm. I really trust all said to me, "It's You've the best film this. I've seen, best film I've seen in a while." I think one of them said it was possibly the best film he's seen this decade, mm. and I was like, <laughs> "He's got extremely high standards." So, uh, yeah, well done, Claudio. You were not wrong. Mm. <laughs> oh, but yes. So, just to warn you, Adam, just so because someone had warned me, and I'm so glad they did because otherwise it would have bugged the shit out of me. The main guy in it. Yeah, know his voice. Oh yeah, but yeah. he doesn't look familiar. Yeah, that the reason was so funny. It's data from the Goonies, um, who you wouldn't have seen oh, on anything. Right. Like, oh, yeah. apart from uh, um, he was in Indiana Temple Jones. Doom, yeah. yeah, but he sounds exactly the same. Yeah. His voice hasn't oh, it's changed. Really Bronk. strange. Yeah, but he's what an is, adult. What, is his voice not broke? Oh. It doesn't sound like it has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he has got a great voice. This is very, there's something so fun about him when he's talking. And the action scenes in that film blew mm, me yeah. away because that's what he's been doing, apparently. Someone was saying he's been uh, a, a fight choreographer all right. since the 80s up to now. And this is his first uh, acting role again since. Yeah, and you can totally see it. Yeah. Those fight scenes were just amazing and hilarious. It just, mm. again, all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, big thumbs up with that one. Nice. Adam, grinning away there like a Cheshire cat. Do, do you know what? I was just looking at myself, and that's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, 
yeah, my next one is um, literally, well, hot off the press as we recalled, but probably everyone's seen it by the time this comes out. I don't know. Um, is Prey, um, which is the latest instalment in the Predator franchise. Oh, Ooh, yes. And it's fucking great. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's ge- genuinely, it's it's my second favourite. Wow. On, like, based on one watch, pretty much. <laughs> and now, and don't get me wrong, I like Predator 2, because mm. I think, because it's fucking mental. <laughs> so I'm quite happy with that. And I know, and, the re- and I still think the reason that people shit on Predator 2 was because Arnie wasn't in it. Because the expectation was, if if there was a franchise, Arnie was the franchise. Mm. Yeah, and you know, it's like Terminator. Uh, they even sound the same. So I think it's like, oh man, don't go, don't go, don't go Arnie in it. Don't put it at all. I'm going to do that. And um, yeah, um, but this is set before those, and it's in the um. Uh, in the 1700s and basically it's the story of a girl from um uh, a comanche uh, from the comanche nation mm. um sort of um, her be- sort of uh, moving on to become a hunter mm. like sort of and, and sort of progressing in terms of like acceptance and so on and so forth and then you shove a fucking predator in it. Yeah. Wow. And it is just, it feels, it has the same, it feels the same as the first one in so much as it's just an exercise intention. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like, it's right. And how do you defeat this? And watching and also being, not necessarily being, as strong as the opponent, but smart as the opponent, mm-hmm. you know, and and working things out and everything else like that. And it's yeah, it's really good. And um, so it's interesting. I'm, t- I'm just wondering, like it's, their technology will be much older. So it's kind of interesting. That sounds like that would be a difficult. But so's the predators. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of like I, I, I'm assuming that it's meant to be because the predators are however many hundred years back. Yeah, okay. So the one thing, he doesn't have a plasma cannon. Mm. Like he doesn't have the shoulder gun thing. Mm. Yeah. So it is a lot more, you know, it's it's mm. more sort of darts, uh, the blades that come out of the arms and stuff like that. So it's all okay. that kind of, it's much more matched. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there's still fucking mad aerial grenades and shit like that, you know, but it's still... But essentially, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just, it, it was like a total surprise. Just Because so, that and Sandman, the series of Sandman has started, uh, yes. has come out. Um, so, and I've started that watching Neil, that. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come, mm-hmm. I'll come back to that um, when I've finished it. Mm-hmm. But okay. at the moment, at speak, I read Sandman back in the day. And um, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's Sandman. It mm. just feels right, it, much in the same way. Um, weirdly enough, even though I don't think it went that way, but much how Preacher seemed quite accurate to the like close mm. to the comic, or certainly initially. And um, yeah, 
I think this is um, this this as long as they don't fuck up to badly somewhere along the line, I think this is going to be a good this is going to be a good adaptation. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so Prey, yeah, just came out on this. I think it's on Disney Plus and right. Hulu, uh, and that came out yesterday or Friday. Mm. And um, yeah, like I say, it was just. But again, it's one of those things where you have all these things where you know all the sort of Star Wars TV shows and everything where there's always this hype about oh they're doing a new Master Universe yeah. and, then, and then it takes them fucking months to actually bring it to you and everything else like that. Whereas with this, I mean, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I don't follow hashtag Predator. You know, it's not sort of like something that I'm keeping that up to date with as a franchise or whatever like that. But still, yeah, just for it to suddenly be like, oh, there's this film. Oh, yeah, you can watch it. Oh, yeah, and it's mm. a new Predator film. And, and it's probably it's the best really one they've done since yeah. the first one. It's a great concept just dropping them against a different opponent in time. Because mm. in theory, you could just drop them in feudal Japan or, you know, yeah. the, the era of the the knights of the round table like you could literally there's endless amount of times you could just go mm. right you've got a group of warriors just drop some predators in and just see how they deal with it with everyone as you say as long as they've retrospectively taken the predators technology back so they're always mm. there they're always in that, yeah because yeah. actually i mean isn't that just that what was that wasn't there that fucking mad show that was like Samurai versus Wehrmacht soldier and yes. Roman centurion oh, versus barbarian. Oh, deadliest warrior, I think it was. Yeah, that was, I think it was. I watched yeah. far too much of that show. <laughs> um, yeah, just an embarrassing amount, really. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. entertaining. It's nonsense, but it's highly entertaining. Mm. But I recommend, I recommend Prey really highly and... Claire's not seen any of the others and she watched it and followed it. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's so I think it passes the newbie test as well. Excellent. But there's loads of bits in there. Well, not actually, no, there's a couple of nice touches in there where I'm like, oh, that's a reference back or that feels like this. Oh. But it's not like whacking you over the head with it. Sort yeah. of, you know, just like every five minutes we find out that he's related to the fucking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Turns out that one one guy like there's a French bear trapper and he was actually related to um, one of the gang members in Predator Two <laughs> by adoption and accident of birth. And, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, the next thing I watched again, a bit like Chris, is probably it is horror, but it's sci-fi horror mm. history. Mm documentary a bit of all of these things mm -hmm. um i watched 1975's the ufo incident okay uh, which is the story of betty and barney hill ah uh yes starring james l jones uh and estelle Parsons. Oh, right. oh wow yeah the whole thing's on youtube i think i watched it on so so anyone mm. who is interested you can go and check it out on there it, it i mean it, it does come into the realm of horror because it is really horrific what they supposedly went through um yeah and, and i actually found it although i know the story kind of inside and out mm. seeing it acted out actually worked quite well and I, I i enjoyed it 
Uh, with the exception, I'm afraid, of Estelle Parsons' accent. Uh, I thought she was putting on a terrible accent. And then just before we started recording, I went and listened to something, and it is her accent. Um, it's just the way that she says. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, people's accents, they're all, you know, it's all good. Mm. But there's something about the way she kept saying, Barney instead of Barney, and I was like, oh, and she just says it all, the, like every third word is Barney, and I was like, oh, I just can't take that, I'm afraid. It was really is she <laughs> Is she in any way related to Uni from Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, that's uh, yeah. exactly what it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is um, it not made up for the dulcet tones of James L. Jones? Well, yes, I was going to say, that did level it out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'll put, up, I'll put up with that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's her vo her voice more than the accent, perhaps. But yeah, mm. it just grated on me terribly. Um, but yeah, so anyone who doesn't know, Betty and Barney Hill were supposedly the first people to have ever claimed to have been abducted by aliens. Mm. Um, and it's the story of them and how they sort of it happened and she became really excited about it and he was very he, he wanted to forget that it ever happened and he didn't uh. ever want to tell anyone uh, and then they both went and got hypnosis and went through regression and kind of remembered everything that happened um yeah and it was it was really good and it was a really nice adaptation of it mm. so yeah it, that's well worth a watch um yeah and i say and the sort of them the, the things that they went through when they went through the regression and started remembering it all, they really are in throes of terror like you wouldn't mm -hmm. believe. Like, I've heard the original tapes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they did a really good job of, of portraying that in this made-for-TV movie. So it mm. is quite terrifying. But yeah, so I would recommend uh, the UFO incident. Yeah. Chris, we're back to you. Ooh. I, I, I'm apparently I'm behind because in my head this is still new. But I watched the first episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes, right, <laughs> and and yeah, it's amazing. It is yeah. exactly exactly what you'd hope it to be. Like, and you'd think, um, I mean, obviously, I'm definitely going to carry on watching the rest of. And in fact, I don't even know how many seasons are there. Did they three, four? four? Is there? Yeah, I think okay. it's four. Yeah, but. Yeah, like they just captured everything that was great about the films. So, mm. like, it's yeah, but I cannot believe that it was 2015 that it came out. Yeah, I know. Time's Crazy. flown by. Uh, yeah. I've got to say, having seen them all, Chris, mm. uh, yeah, it, it doesn't let up either. Like, if oh, okay. you like episode one, you've just got four, so you've just got 40 <laughs> episodes of that. It's that great. Just fantastic <laughs> like, and mental. And Bruce Campbell is just, he is unique. So it's just <laughs> what he can do is just amazing because it like you just you sort of look at him and he seems like he should be serious somehow and yet he just manages to do the comedy slapstick element so well that it it mm. doesn't feel wrong and yet in my head it sort of should be somehow but yeah it's just is is a marvel to watch. I thought the effects were really good. I mean, considering mm. it's played for TV, it's obviously on a much lower budget. Like the gore was just. <laughs> off the chart and again that's another yeah. thing that just ramps up and up and up as it goes <laughs> excellent but I, I yeah i mean the, i guess the originals they weren't that high budget they were i would, I would assume they? that ash versus evil dead's probably working on 
a higher budget than the first one. Could be, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those where the first film, it seemed like it's lower budget, and yet they seem to do it so well. It's it's one of those where I think that's what set Sam Raimi aside. Mm. So he basically went round and begged for money from companies (laughs) to sponsor the making of that film. Mm. Um, yeah, and then shot it at the weekend with his friends. So yeah, so it's it's literally as independent as it gets. But yeah. his talent shone through mm. so much that the film exploded, <laughs> quite rightly so. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the techniques they used for it originally, I, I think we talked about it on the episode when we yeah. did. Um, so like the ground shooting of the demons and stuff was literally yeah. two people holding a plank of wood with a camera and running through the forest. Like it, mm. it looks amazing. But then when you hear how it's done, you're like, yeah, now that'd all be train tracks with like low angle dollies on them. And, you know, you it'd take, yeah. And it'd take months to set it up. And it was just a plank of wood with two people running through a forest. <laughs> it's just... mm. But it does go to show you uh, a bit like we said with, um, when we were doing uh, Tony's, Tony Wash's films, the uh, Scotsworth mm. stuff, mm, it yeah. goes to show that even if you don't have the budget, if you've got the talent, you can make that money work for you and create something fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I, I guess it's like sometimes that can work out almost better when, you, when you're unlimited, you know, and you don't have some constraints, you almost can make a mistake by, I, do you reckon it's almost like, you feel well we'll definitely be able to do a great job so you don't sort of really push yourself always quite in the same way whereas yeah. when you've just got to get something done you know you're like well we'll do this and yeah just we'll, really get we'll on take with it, it as it comes yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's fantastic excellent um adam what did you watch next I think, well, I'm going to go with uh it was something that I heard with my ear holes um, which is the sitcom uh, Damned Andrew, mm-hmm. which is uh, the comedian Andrew O'Neill's mm. um, sitcom, written and uh, co-written with Tom DeVille, which is a name you may know, but he wrote, do you remember Urban Gothic? Yes. The TV series. It was like an anthology series. Which I would actually like, I'm thinking... It sort of put it in my head to show Chris a couple of episodes of that because there are a couple of stunners in there, you know, oh, yeah. genuinely really, really good, as well as being a pretty high-level show, budget notwithstanding, but, you know, it was, sort mm. of, it was um, some good ideas and stuff. Um, but, yeah, and it's basically um, the story of Andrew going through their day-to-day life, but having accidentally opened a portal to hell <laughs> and contaminating the entire of London and a bit of Leeds with demons. <laughs> and But it's the same sort of thing of... It has that sort of like Mighty Boosh feeling of the mm-hmm. mundane with the very strange. Yeah. Because... Because obviously it's London, so everyone's dealing with it as Londoners, which is, well, you know, if well, if there's a demon covering the central line, well, if I take the northern and then go, (laughs) so it's just yeah, it's just about sort of like them coping with 
day-to-day life, but also all the madness of the demons involved and everything. And obviously, Andrew's sort of ridiculously funny anyway. Yeah. But also, but also, and there's plenty of like metal references in there and um, occult, and a lot of the cultism, obviously, because it's um, an, an occult sitcom, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you've got, um, and there's like Toby Haydokes on there and Sanjeev Kohli and um, like a lot of other comedians. But, and this is one of the key things, it's narrated by Alan Moore. Nice. And it's, uh, so, yeah, just everyone starts off with, um, just talking about non-binary comedian Andrew O'Neill <laughs> opened a portal in their living room. And, um, yeah, it's, but it's just genuinely piss funny. Uh, yeah, just great. What was it called, sorry? Mm-hmm. It's called Damned Andrew. Now there was, I think there was only four episodes. It was on Radio Four, but it's on the BBC Sounds app. I think mm. for like at least a year. Cool. Um, yeah. Or like on iPlayer. So yeah, it's well worth a listen, and also just in the hopes that if enough people listen to it, they might do another series. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I just yeah, I just think they, they did a great, especially there's a. a part towards the end where um as part of a mental journey through a demon's mind uh they resurrect the old astoria oh nice <laughs> where it's meant to be the demon was trying to give andrew places that they felt comfortable in so it was <laughs> so it's like oh, what's this it's like sticky floors and yeah. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> hang on is this the story? <laughs> so Excellent. yeah, def- definitely worth if you've enjoyed his if you enjoy stand up stuff, definitely. Mm. Yeah, sounds great. A massive fan of his stand up stuff, so I should yeah. definitely uh, definitely be checking that out. Um, my final one. I'm literally going to do a thirty second job because uh, we've got uh, to announce our hundred and fiftieth episode, uh, and we're down to five minute mm. warning. So, um. <laughs> I again back to Netflix. Uh, just finished the last season, and it is the last season uh, of uh, Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. uh, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. And I didn't realise just how batshit it was until we <laughs> watched the catch up of the previous season mm. to remind us of the latest one. And you, when they just do it in like a ten minute rundown of what you've been watching, you go, "Yeah, that's mental." I just. Um, <laughs> But I particularly wanted to mention it because uh, Aidan Gallagher, who plays Five, is just his performance. So his character is a teenage boy. I think he's 16 or 17. But because he's been lost in time, he's been living for 50 years. So it's a teenage actor playing a very wise, older, middle-aged man in a child's body. And he does it. (laughs) in exceptionally well mm. um yeah and i just I, I yeah i just can't get over that so i just wanted to mention it but we are running out of time so we shall jump in so episode 150 is our next ep- next episode um we're hoping this is going to be entertaining uh but we don't know you might decide we're all frauds after it or you might find it boring but you know I, we we shall see how it goes so for episode 150 
we are going to go back and play a board game that we used to play many moons ago before we were podcasting myself and Adam uh, with Lady Jennifer and previous guest Dean. It became a bit of a weekly ritual for mm-hmm. oh, six months, eight months. Every weekend, we'd get together, we'd have a catch up for an hour, and then we would play the 2002 board game called Goth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a board game in which you have to answer questions on horror related topics in order to earn gravestones to fill up <laughs> your grave plot and the first one to 13 stones is the winner very good um, i think i've surpassed that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it got Way past 13 stone. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it, it, I say we really enjoyed it and played it for a long, and we haven't played it now in probably, I'd say, conservatively fifteen years since we last had a game. So we have dug it out, and we're going to dust it off and give it a go, um, and see how Chris fares with yeah. all the things that he's been learning. It isn't just horror movies; it's horror movies, literature, serial mm. killers, unusual deaths, um, music, music. Um, but yeah, all all Everything kind of dark. horror based, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a really good. It's good fun. It's got you know other squares where you can steal other people's gravestones and your full moon squares and all that. But mm-hmm. we will be joined. So Lady Jennifer uh, will be joining us. She will be our uh, our Eddie from Stranger Things for the night because she will yeah. be the game master, um, and we'll be doing all of the dice throwing and counter moving and we're all going to do it over zoom so <laughs> that is the plan it's going to work perfectly yeah i say if anyone's interested and is into the same stuff as us if you can track a copy of this board game down it's so worth doing because as i say jennifer bought it just because it was called goth and thought it'd be funny <laughs> and we got absolutely obsessed with it for quite a long time so uh yeah if you can track a copy down do uh we what we'll try and do is we'll try and leave a little gap between the questions and the answers excuse me uh in case people want to play at home and just make a you know give you a 10 second thinking time or whatever um so you can mark down whether you get them or not uh and yeah so if you're interested in that bring a paper and pen and we will see you in a fortnight's time for episode 150 for a game of golf thanks very much and good night good night good night